once again to the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very good friend, Kyra Morrison. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about awesome. you? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Had a bit of a cold, slowly getting over oh. it, so I'm saying a little croaky today. But Look, I tell, you, I tell you what, this midwinter spring we've been enduring over here has been kind of rubbish. It's crazy. Like it's it like one day it's like sunny and you're like ah lovely. I'm going to go out in just a t-shirt and then like you get outside and it starts hailing. Um, yeah, like I was going to say, like the way you were, I was like, don't you dare say from day to day because this it'll happen in a day. Oh god, yeah, no, it's it's insane. Like today was a sunny day. It was lovely here, but yeah, yeah, it's not going to last. I'm expecting to wake up tomorrow and it just be absolutely horrible. Oh yeah, well, as a little bit of a, a set a scene setter. The rain has been so sporadic over the last, even just for last month or so. Like we actually checked our pointless basement that my house has that we don't really oh, yes. use for anything, and it had like essentially two feet of water in it down there. So that was. <laughs> so we got we got we got a pump out, and it took about oh, probably five ish hours at best to pump it all out. Oh yep yep yeah so says about right. so thanks weather you've been a real team player really appreciate awesome. that awesome well you know with this horrible weird weather when it's raining what is it. What's better to do than sit inside and play video games? So, Kyron, what have you been playing? Uh, well, actually, Joel, I I rolled the dice and I picked Ooh. up Paper Mario Color Splash. Ah, awesome. Now I'm interested to hear about this. I was torn for a long time because I remember picking up Paper Mario Sticker Star on the of 3DS course. and I hated it. Yeah, I mean, we played it at EB Expo and uh, we were kind of excited for it. And then I remember you got it and we were like, nope, 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 nope. I can't even remember what exactly it was. I just didn't like it. I don't know. What I can say, though, is that Cover Splash is very much a different story. Good news. Good news. Like, the biggest thing that I'm enjoying about it is that the thing that I love most about Paper Mario is obviously the art design. Like, mm-hmm. I love the world. It's so colorful and so interesting to look at with the different textures and, like, how it interacts with paper mario and then like the weird 3d real world world objects that are in the backgrounds and all that you can interact with yeah yeah uh and i always felt like again specifically from sticker star it always felt like it was a bit restrained on the hardware yeah yeah that was always going to be an issue on that on, on, yeah. on the handheld device yeah but um thankfully on cover splash obviously using the wii u mm-hmm. it it runs so well and it looks so good and i'm just i'm really happy with it honestly awesome that's good to hear it's especially surprising because it uses a card battle system. Uh-huh. Which I normally hate. Yep. Yep. I don't Typically I hate it just because I don't like keeping track of the cards I've got like and every time I yeah. use a card I am eternally paranoid but I'm like is that is that hit am I, am I out of cards now? Am I out of good cards? Yeah, that kind of micromanaging sort of thing that like mini game that you have to sort of manage everything as on top of like trying to battle normally. Yeah, like, that's the reason I never really finished Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. It's why I couldn't ever really get into, I think it was Bait and Katos, or whatever that GameCube game was. Okay. That was apparently amazing, but it was I'm pretty sure it was Card Battle, so I was just like, right. I felt shut out immediately. Yeah. So And that's another reason why I wasn't going to get Color Splash. Mm-hmm. But when I weighed up the odds, and it's probably the last big flagship Wii U game we're going to get from Nintendo... Yeah, if we ever, you know, before the NX, that we, if we ever hear about the fucking thing, but yep. <laughs> wow, I mean, because we've got Zelda coming up, but I'm honestly at this point ready to consider that an NX game since it's going to be on, you know, both P3 
pieces of hardware. Well, that's but it, yeah. Color Splash is like the last like Wii U only Nintendo game we're probably going to see before then. Yeah. So that was another reason why I decided to take the plunge. But probably the, the biggest takeaway besides how nice it is to see the world running on Wii U, uh, the localization is okay. It is great. Like the humor isn't going to like redefine how you see comedy. But you can tell the guys when they were obviously translating it had some fun. There's been some right. really some lines that have gone, <laughs> good one, or just even if it's just a face palmy sort of line, yeah, it's just enjoyable to read the dialogue. It's still memorable for whatever reason. Like it's, yeah, yeah, With it, it's got a mixture. There's also have been a, fit, a handful of great like Mario callbacks as well. Like there was a Lost Levels reference. Oh, there was a um, a reference to a toad who had a horrible nightmare that Wart had taken over the Mushroom Kingdom, which is obviously a reference to Super Mario Brothers Two in the US. <laughs> and yeah, it's been a handful of others, and I've actually really enjoyed that as well. That's cool. Like that's the good thing. That's the thing about those sort of like Mario RPG games. Is the writing's always been really, like you said, not like award winning, amazing, but it's always been memorable and yeah, one it's of been... the, the fun parts of the game. It's been fun, I guess, is the biggest yeah. takeaway. Uh, you did mention RPG, and it's... I guess you could sort of say it's an RPG. Okay. In that there is combat, and you take part in the combat. But when you win, you don't get traditional XP points. Okay. Instead, the enemies will drop... So basically, how the game plays is... It's got the Mario RPG combat, except you use cards to do all of your attacks. And that's actually something I'm going to complain about. Okay. And it's, and it's purely because sometimes the... Set the scene, you start a battle, you see your enemies, and on the touchpad, you'll see your cards, and you can hold up to 99 cards, which is why okay. I can actually play it, because I'm not ever stressed about cards. Yeah. Uh, so then when you pick your card, and there's all sorts of different ones, there's the jumping, the hammers, you can use Cooper shells and all sorts, all the usual sort of stuff, fire flowers and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, so once you pick it, you tap on it, and it goes up into a little, little section I guess is the best way to describe it, where cards <laughs> go at the top of a touchpad screen. Yeah. Uh, depending on how many upgrades you've got, I currently have two card slots, so I can pick two attacks. Okay. You, you can put two cards there, and then you have the option to either paint them in full color, mm-hmm. and they'll do extra damage if you do that, or you can use them as a sort of like a, I guess a template would be the simplest way to do it. Blueprint. Yeah, I guess. It doesn't yeah. cost any paint, but they do significantly less damage. Uh, right. So you, that's already, you've tapped two cards, you put them there, and you've either tapped to or held down to paint them or not. Then you've got a flick up, which again, I at first the novelty was like, that's kind of cool, flicking up is neat. But I got kind of sick of it after like right. 50 battles. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, um, it wears thin. Yeah. And then you obviously, because it's a Paper Mario, like a Mario RPG game, it also still has the interactive combat where you're yep. rewarded for, you know, tapping in time to block attacks or as you're about to attack to do more damage and it's fun don't get me wrong but right i still find myself yearning for a simple just attack button just because i'm like i it's every single combat encounter and can take so many swipes and this is a nats and i was just like i just would like a simple solution and i've seen the beginnings of one because i got my first like big paint star which serve as like i guess like a castle, like a World 1 castle, World 2 castle sort of thing. Okay. And when I got that, it actually powered up Mario. It boosted my HP. And now if I find really weak enemies, when I swing my hammer in the overworld, it'll just straight up kill them. Ah, oh, cool. So it streamlines it a little bit. 
Yeah, but man, I started running into stronger enemies frequently, and I'm back to having 50 battles of swiping right. and tapping swiping, and all tapping, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which again, it's not bad. It's fun, but I would like some sort of simpler thing for like a rubbish encounter that I'm not yeah. interested in. You can flee, but I don't know. I'm not a coward. No, and you want that. You want you want the loots. You need the, exactly. you need the stuff. You got to get the stuff so you can get better. So yeah, that's what I'm, that's what it leads me to next. Uh, instead of it dropping experience points, because it's such a paint-based game, Mario has three bars at the top of the top left of the screen, uh-huh. which basically meter how much he's got of red, blue, and yellow paint. Okay. And as you defeat enemies, they'll drop hammer pieces, and every hammer piece you collect fills essentially what I'm going to call an XP bar. And right. when that fills, it increases your max paint storage, which is handy for a number of reasons, mostly because it will allow you to paint more cards in combat. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's really the closest it really gets to sort of leveling up. It doesn't really have that XP push. Right. Like... Like traditionally, traditionally an RPG, you'd be you'd find yourself grinding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's not really an issue. And again, I kind of appreciate that because, as much as I have done my fair share of grinding mm-hmm. in RPGs, it can get very old, and it is nice to play a game that does not require me to do that. Yeah, but you still do get. You feel like you're getting rewarded for winning encounters, if that makes sense. That yeah, that's good. It seems like it's sort of streamlined for people who might not normally play an rpg of yeah. sorts like a hardcore rpg so you know this it's still catering to that sort of market that are going oh new mario game sweet i'll play that but then there's still catering to the the familiarity of of someone like yourself who's played quite a few their fair share of uh of rpgs and still has that same sort of mechanic to it yeah but they're also are looking for maybe not a full-on one yeah, just something a little bit like you can just sort of kind of like when you watch like a blockbuster movie, you just sort of switch your brain off and just play yeah. it and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm probably about oh, I'm gonna guess like five or six hours at this point. Okay, I've only collected one of the the big beaten one of the big castles. I guess I beat yeah. Mort- Morton Cooper. So the Cooper kids are back. Thankfully, oh, awesome! That's great. Love those Cooper kids. Yep. Uh, so I feel like this game it's gonna stretch on a little bit. So mm-hmm. I guess that that part will lend itself to the RPG part of the Paper Mario series. Yep. I honestly have no idea how long I think it's going to be because I keep every every level it's, instead of like a traditional as well. I guess this is branching off of that. It's just like I'm an RPG, but I'm not. Yep. Is the world design is still course based like a Mario game? Okay. So you go from course to course, and it it again it it actually lends itself to like short contained experiences which is handy sometimes yeah uh so courses have multiple stars to collect much like a mario galaxy or mario 64 which is Mm -hmm. neat and it gives you reasons to go back and re-explore old stuff or maybe heck on some of the courses i've actually found the second star on the way to the first star which is is fun like it's, it's, it's honestly a fun little game and i didn't see it coming that's great that's good to hear i'm i'm definitely interested in picking it up after hearing you talk about it like i I'd heard you say that, you know, in like the last week when you picked it up, you were like, it's good. And like from what I saw of people who um, who had played it, um, you know, reviews and such like that said that it's it's a lot of fun. And I was like, all right, cool. Maybe I will pick it up. But I just had a few things I had to pay this week. So I'm um, just, you know, I'll get to what I've been on to this week. But, um, but yeah, so I just didn't quite 
was ready to pick it up this, this week. But in the coming weeks, I think I'm definitely... It's on my radar now. Yeah, like, it's not perfect. And if you're looking for Paper Mario, A Thousand Year Door, like a sequel to that, uh-huh. probably keep walking, because obviously okay. it's not that. Like, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see a traditional Paper Mario 3 at this point. But yeah. it's honestly a good middle ground, and it's got a stellar soundtrack, and it looks great, and mm. the writing is just fun. Yep. Cool. I am... Um, I. I never played Thousand Year Door or any of the other Paper Mario games, so I'm, I'm that, that's probably good for me coming into it, not having any expectations of a uh, previous Paper Mario game. Uh, honestly, if you want to catch up on some of the best parts of Thousand Year Door, just go and Google Luigi Thousand Year Door and you're set. <laughs> is it on Virtual Console? I wish, man. Uh. Paper, Mario, Paper Mario 64 is, but... Thousand Year Door was a GameCube game, so yes, you know, of Nintendo right. hasn't really committed GameCube games to the virtual console yet. Yeah, well, hey, maybe an NX. <laughs> maybe an X, Joel. Maybe an X. Who knows? The, N- the NX is a Thousand Year Door. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is the Thousand Year Door because it's going to take us a thousand years to get to that fucking door. <laughs> anyway, that's enough out of me. Like, I've been dabbling in other stuff, but nothing brand new. Mm-hmm. So instead, Joel, I want you to tell me what you've been playing. Cool. Uh, it's been a bit of a quiet week for me this week. Uh, and had one of these games not come out, I probably... Actually, both of these games come out. I probably wouldn't have played anything new, to be honest. Um, so the first one I'll talk about, I... Because I, I, I play a lot of mobile games, as you might have realised over the last few weeks. Um, nah. Nah. No, it's not you like me play, at all. You hate mobile games. I do. I fucking mobile games are sh- are shit. Dude, you I hate them. You tell me all the time how much I you do. hate them. I hate them so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's cool to talk about that kind of stuff because it's like not a lot of gaming podcasts or gaming coverage websites and things really talk about them unless there's something significant like a Pokemon Go or something like that, you know. Um, but there is actually quite a lot of really good games out there on the on these devices. Uh, and this week is no exception. Um uh, literally after we finished recording the podcast last week, actually, no, I think it was before we started, I um, came across a game uh, by Halfbrick Studios, an Australian games company, um, who you may be familiar with their work, uh, with such things as uh, Age of Zombies or uh, uh, Jetpack Joyride or maybe a little-known game called Fruit Ninja. Um, if you haven't played Fruit Ninja, then you probably don't, play video games and you what are you doing here well i mean that's that's a bit of a generalization there joel yeah well no it's you 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 would have at least heard of fruit ninja in some way you probably have heard of it various uh forms whether it be for mobile devices or on connect or on vr as well now or even the Um, arcade one the arcade one yeah weird anyway um i i really i'm a big fan of their stuff um there was a game they released called colossatron where you were like this giant metal robot uh, snake thing and you had to go around and like cause as much mayhem as you as you possibly could and it was in a time limit and it had this really cool uh, aesthetic to it that you were viewing it through the eyes of uh, a news reporter like it was like a live news report that was like an overhead camera um, it was it was presented really well and it, it was really fun the, the visuals are great um, much like everything Half Brick does um, and just had a really good gameplay loop uh, especially for mobile devices, really good for short play, but you could also sit down and play it for a couple of hours and not even realize it. That's really important for mobile mm. games. I feel like if you can, if they can get that right, then they're can, good. 
strike that balance between the two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Halfbreak, for the most part, they've had a couple of games which have been pretty... Uh, um, but their strike rate's pretty good. Uh, and they released a new game last week called Dare the Man. Uh, I knew nothing about this game. Uh, That's a guy I, from the slow-mo guys, right? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Grishy. Uh, no, it's um, <laughs> unfortunately not this time. Um, but yeah, Dan the Man... I when I it popped up on one of the the websites I read and one of the mobile gaming websites I read and it was um they said there, it's this game there's a seven part web series that leads up to it and I'm like all right cool that's so, crazy yeah and, and I mean like when I say seven part web series I mean each episode the first one's probably the longest one I think it goes for ten minutes um like it's not long it would take you maybe about forty minutes to get through the lot of it like it's not super long at all even then um, that still feels like. That's that's impressive to leave yeah. a, mo- a mobile game essentially. Yeah, right? right. And I don't mean that in a condescending tone, but they don't usually get that sort of build up, really. Yeah, and the best part about it is it's it's almost compulsory viewing to play the game. You can play the game really? and enjoy it. Well, you could it, it, you could play the game and enjoy it for what it is because it is a great fun little uh, platformer, which I'll get to in a second. But it gives you context and backstory that leads up to it, and the web series literally ends. As the game starts. So, um, and the web series is set up, so it's like uh, World 1 to 7, basically, uh, the, the seven episodes. And the game starts at World 8. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then you go through the levels from there. Uh, so it, it, the way it's presented is, so if you went into it and you'd be like, what the fuck, why am I playing World 8? I've just started playing this game. Like, um, yeah, it's so it, it, the presentation already like won me over. Uh, piled on top of that, it like the visual art style. It's this really cool, like nice little sprite work. The music is amazing. Some great chip tune stuff. Um, and uh, what was it? Now? I can't even remember the name of the the company that did all the animations and stuff for it, all the the, the, the episodes. Because um, it's a partnership with someone, and I'd heard of their name before. It was like Toho Studios. No. No, 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 no. What is it? <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll find it in a second. My internet's decided to stop working at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, so at, it, combined with that, it's it's really fun. So I was already sold on the game before I started to play. Um, it is a free game, uh, and I'll touch on a few of those elements in a second. But the game itself is a 2D platformer uh, brawler, if you want to use it that way. Uh, you ru- run, you jump, you punch, you pick up weapons, and you fire fire guns and all that kind of stuff as well um and it's super fun i like i've i've played it quite a lot over the last week um i to the point where i actually paid uh three dollars to get rid of all the in-game ads uh the way they deal with in-game ads uh you get your normal way you would normally have them like at the end of a level it'll come up with an ad and you sit through the 15 seconds and then you say no thank you and you move on um but during the level uh, there are statues of like it's almost like uh, like Atlas holding it, but instead of holding the globe, it's a TV on your shoulders, and you see that and you go, <laughs> "Oh, there's an ad there." All right, cool. If you knock it over, it'll play an ad, and at the end of that ad, you get like a gun or some health or something like that, which you can pick up at other places throughout the map as well. So it's not compulsory to do, but it's like a little incentive. It's like, "Oh, watch our ad," and you get something a little bit extra. Um, but if you play it, they had a special on for the first week, I think it was, where it was like $3 and you got premium, which is basically you don't have any ads, and you got a few other things as well, some currency and a couple of costumes and whatnot. Um, and so I was like, 
fuck it, I'm having so much fun with this game. Three bucks is three bucks. Like, why not? And, and I love Heartbreak Studios, so I, I had no problems giving them a couple of dollars. Uh, and, but now, say every time I smash up one of those statues, I get the upgrade for free. I was like, oh, cool, I don't have to watch the ad. I just get it. Um, so it's an interesting way of like monetizing uh, ads and incentivizing for you to pay for the game, essentially. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. It's, it, the storyline is basically, you know, this hero, Dan, who um, through the, the seven episodes ends up with a with a, a female partner who ends up going missing. And it, it, <laughs> the series is very real in a really unreal kind of way, uh, unrealistic kind of way. It's It sort of deals with some sort of heavy-ish issues or like real-life issues uh, in a really sort of cartoony, uh, sprite-based way. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it is. It's I, I'm, I, It's really cool. It sort of took me by surprise how much fun I've been having with that game. Um, but yeah, from what I can tell, I'm about maybe halfway through it, and I've been playing it for quite a bit so far. Um, and I think there's about 20 levels in it. Um, on top of that, you've also got uh, weekly challenges. So there's like a, a challenge a day. Uh, you don't have to complete it within the 24 hours of the day. It'll be there for the week, and you can just go through and, like, on the last day, you can go through and power through them, and at the end of it, you get... At the end of each stage, you get different rewards, like currency or an item to use in later challenge uh, runs or whatever. So you do that. Joho, it is. Studio Joho. My internet decided to finally load. Um, <laughs> Studio Joho. Uh, they've, yeah, they've done a couple of things um, before that I think I'd seen their name pop up. Um... And yeah, so you go through the, the daily challenges and at the end there's like a, a boss fight one or like a, a a mega challenge on the seventh day on Sunday. And uh, if you do that and complete all of them, you get like a bonus reward of stuff. Um, and they can be things like character unlocks. Um, so there's different characters you can play as. Uh, most of them you sort of have to pay money for. Um, but they're not necessary. I think some of them have different play styles and stuff that if you want to go through the game again and get more currency and try and get it that way, by all means. Um, and then there's, like, costumes, because after a while you unlock, uh, like, a, a blank avatar, essentially, that you can dress up and put costumes on and customise your own and play the game that way. Because um, there's two normal characters you can play with, which is Dan and his girlfriend, Josie. And you can upgrade their skills as well, like punching and, you know, more strength and more combos and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, for a mobile game... And a platformer, the virtual controls work relatively well. I was I mean, about to ask how mm-hmm. how of a virtual control. So it is it is it like a full on like platformer, like not a endless runner or something like that. It's a, it's a full it's a it's a proper platformer. So okay. you've got right. left and right control, a jump button, a punch button, and then when you pick up a weapon, you've got a shoot button. Um, doesn't take up too much real estate on the screen. I'm playing on my uh, iPhone Seven Plus, so I've got a relatively bigish screen, but it's not. Um, it doesn't get in the way at all, really. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've like flubbed button presses and um, pressed the wrong button accidentally, but it's like, oh, okay, cool. I fired my gun once accidentally. Whoops, whatever. Um, it doesn't really impact on me all that much. But uh, yeah, it's it's not perfect, and and it doesn't need to be perfect because it isn't like a um, like a pixel perfect platformer by any means. It's literally like you know just traversing these maps, um, picking up stuff bashing up guys and the combat's really satisfying um like every you feel every, you kind of feel every hit um even the sound design is really good on it as well 
Um, it, it's, it's just blown me away about how much fun I've been having with this game. So it is out on the App Store, uh, and um, it's on the uh, Google Play Store as well. It's free. Uh, you can buy stuff in it, like I said. You don't have to by any means, and it wasn't super intrusive uh, when I hadn't paid anything for it. Um, you can still enjoy the whole game from start to finish. Uh, and there's a lot of game there to play, and Halfbrick are really good at having that sort of great gameplay loop, but then other rewards to making you come back. So there's, whether it be daily challenges to get new things, or uh, and the daily challenges are mixed up as well, so there's like, different conditions to them. Like it might be, you know, you have to get to the finish line of a certain level, um, and they're all completely new levels as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's got a lot of replayability in it. Uh, it's definitely worth it. And support Aussie developers, even if they are on mobile games, um, support them. They're doing some really, really cool stuff. Um, yeah, even like look at things like Fruit Ninja and, and Jetpack Joyride, which, and now Dan the Man, which sort of take existing genres and sort of tweak them a little bit and make them, like, perfect them, almost like in that, that Blizzard kind of way. Um, but yeah, it's highly recommended. Check it out. Um, but, Kyron... I want to talk to you about a game now. I want well, to talk to you about a game. Well, it's, it's you, you were just talking to me about a game, Joel. So. I know, I know. But I'm just going to take a quick drink. <laughs> because this game has made me so happy. Um, I think it was at PSX last year this game got announced. They just showed a trailer for it. And uh, I was like, when is this game coming out? I want it. And the title pretty much tells you why you would want to play this game. The name of that game, Kyron is 100-foot robot golf. Yes, that is right. 100-foot robot golf. Um, and it's pretty. that's pretty much what it is. Uh, you, you pilot a giant mech and you play a round of golf. Um, and, uh, Kyron, what's your biggest issue with a golf game, would you say? Joy, you, you got to be real careful with asking me that. Because <laughs> golf games, like... For starters, golf is boring. So fair enough. Fair enough. You've so, got to make I, it fun for me. Okay. okay. Or be like Mario Golf and let me just harass my opponents by mashing the voice button. Oh, oh Kyron, Kyron, you can harass. You can do all those things in this oh, game. Perfect. Um, it is. It is for, for the most part. It is. It is a normal golf game. It operates like a normal golf game, um, bar a few little tweaks, um, which is okay with me because I quite like golf games. I'm weird like that. I like. I, I was playing a lot of I've played a lot of everybody's golf on my Vita like a shameful amount of everybody's golf on my Vita um, but yeah so you know you have your normal swing and power meters and things like that but the way they deal with it is uh, is interesting so just say Kyron just picture this scenario you hit your golf ball it lands somewhere that you can't quite make it and you'd have to sort of go out and around and waste like three shots getting out back onto the course. Um, it's like nestled right in between two buildings. That'd be annoying, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm. Well, because of the titular 100-foot robots in the 100-foot robot golf, you just knock those buildings over. You just run up to them, hit square, and knock them over um, and just clear the way. Uh, you can also jump in front of your opponent's balls because, I forgot to mention, you're all playing at once. Oh my god! Yep, um, it's not as chaotic as it seems. It, it is chaotic, but it's not as like fast-paced mayhem. The pacing of the game is actually quite slow in a good way. Um, it's not frantic as much. It has that, a good level of uh, of 
pressure in it. Um, but just say you're playing with your friends in the uh, four-player split-screen co-op or online uh, well, co-op, four-player split-screen multiplayer or online multiplayer. Um, just say you're playing with your friends, uh, they take a shot, and you're sort of near where the ball's going in its trajectory and you can see it. You could just jump up in the air and block it um, and just, just ruin their day. Uh, <laughs> this sounds like a game that's going to make me hate my friends. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you'll never have so much fun doing so. Um, it's great. It's not perfect as a golf game um, because each there's like a whole bunch of different uh, like robots that you can pilot. Uh, and they most of them have uh, there's about three or four different control schemes or like power schemes so one of them is like a like an engine based one where you've got to hold the l and r triggers in a certain range uh, and then hit x to to make your shot one of them's like a pretty standard like normal one you would see in a golf game with a bar that goes up and down and a couple of ones that you've got uh, like a circle you've got to go around once and then you've got to go around a second time for the there's like two people piloting the one mech um uh, so it's 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 interesting and it kept me on my toes for what i've played of it so far um, there is a single-player campaign, which is what I've been playing. I actually just finished it today. Um, and when, just when you think you couldn't, this game couldn't get any better, just the, the, the basic premise of being giant robots playing golf and wrecking shop, uh, the single-player campaign works as a sort of tutorial, um, even though it doesn't really teach you much, but it's presented as a, like, a cheesy 90s-style anime. Um, about the like robot golf, a hundred foot robot golf association, and it is stellar. It is great. Um, there's a couple of like noticeable voice actors in it, or well, not even voice actors, like you know internet personalities. Uh, Mika Burton, who is uh, now an achievement hunter, and you may know her her father as Lavar Burton of uh, Star Trek and Reading Rainbow fame. Um, she's in it. She plays uh, she plays one of the characters in it, and she's awesome. Um, if you also listen to, uh, my, my brother, my brother and me podcast, uh, which is, I've started listening to because it's really, really great. Um, the McElroy brothers are the commentators of the Robot Golf Association. Um, and they play themselves and it's really, really funny because like their, their style of humor is sort of a little bit offbeat and a little bit weird and, and funny and strange, but I love it. Uh, so it's really cool to hear their sort of, you know, commentation the commentating the uh, your your strokes and uh, throughout the game of golf, um, and yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, the music's all really awesome, um, and because it's a PlayStation title as well, it is actually PlayStation VR enabled. Um, I haven't been able to play that because I don't have a VR, but um, it's it's really cool. Uh, like I saw it went up on the store. Uh, I was I was on on the store on Monday, and I was like, oh my god. 100-foot robot golf's out. And as soon as I got paid, I was like, yep, done, buy it, snapped it up, downloaded it, and, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm hoping to maybe take it out and give it a test with some, uh, take it online, maybe play against some randoms, but um, hopefully some more people I know will get it and maybe we'll play a few rounds together. Um, It seems like a really good fun party game as well, especially with the four-player split-screen addition to it. Um, It never takes itself too seriously, like I said, it's not perfect, but you kind of let it pass because it's just, it's fun. Um, and, Kyron, I'll have you know, there is quite the fair share of uh, Evangelion references in it. 
Joel, like, it just reminds me that you have to watch Evangelion. Oh, look, look. Hey, I've watched, I've watched some. You've watched some, yes. I have, yeah. Um, there's a trophy that is, it's called This Is Not The End. It's finishing the last chapter in the, the, in the campaign, but it's, this is not, this is not the end, but not is in brackets. Yeah. Which is um, classic rebuild of Evangelion, which yeah. I do appreciate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's great. I like that a lot. Um, the, one of the, the, the Robot Golf Association logos is literally the Nerve logo, just remastered a little bit to sort of fit in with the, the theme. Um, does anybody get told to get in the robot? Uh, yes, actually. Okay. Yes, Kyron. And I don't want to, oh, Oh my god, it's so good. There's literally, <laughs> there's literally a robot that's piloted by five corgis, Jesus uh, and Christ. they finally find the, the the fifth corgi to pilot it, and it's the, it's the fifth child. And oh my god, it's Joel, just, watch Evangelion. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, uh, you oh my god, you would love it, dude. Uh, it's it's so silly, but it's so much fun. Um. It's about thirty bucks on the on, the, on the, the PlayStation Store. I think it's a PlayStation exclusive, from what I can gather. I ex, I, I assume because of the, the PlayStation VR support that it would be an exclusive. Um, but yeah, man, it, it it made me so happy. I chuckled more than a few times out loud to myself uh, with a few of the you know whether it be the commentary or you know the the stu- silly anime cutscenes or the silly anime tropes that they reference and things um, of that sort. Oh, boy. I'm all worked up about Robot Golf, man. <laughs> I just Honestly, I, most days I just get worked up about robots, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I get like, you. I feel you, man. Yeah, it's great. And, like, the designs of, uh, of the robots are really cool as well. Um, you can play as Pierce from Saints Row. He's a character in there. Why? I, I, I have no idea. But <laughs> apparently, he's he's a he's a character in there. The end credits have like a, like a, a really cheesy anime theme song as well. Like it's just it's so silly, but I love it so much. Um, the guys who made it, uh, No Goblin, that their studio, they made another game called Roundabout, um, which was about a you play a limo driver called Jeffrey, who's a skeleton. Um, and it's basically like the, your car's constantly doing circles and you've got to try and navigate around maps and stuff like that. I never played it. It sounded really interesting. Um, you can play as him. You can play as Jeffrey, um, who's just yeah, a giant skeleton that wears a top hat. Um, it's it's great. I, I If you've got any inkling of like, you know, if you like any of the things that I've mentioned, check it out. It, it's 30 bucks. I've had a lot of fun with it so far in the, the few hours that I've played. Um the single player campaign is not very long, but it doesn't need to be. It's obviously meant to be like a game that you play with people, um, and yeah, I, it's great. It's really great. Good fun times. But that's what I've been playing this week, Card. Yeah, look, it had robots, so I'm happy. <laughs> uh, cool design robots and lots of Evangelion references. Uh, video games need more mechs. Let's just be clear about that. Mm-hmm. More mechs. One hundred percent more mechs. Bring on the mechs, everyone. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, guys. I'm really, uh, really dry. It's stupid cold, so if you hear some sort of weird pause, it's because I'm, like, swigging away at a bottle of water. <laughs> at least oh. it's water, man. At least it's water. Mm. Water's yeah. good. It is it's Ill, it's Ill, got cordial Ill. in it. I'll give you... I'll have, I'll have you know, but... Well, it's, it's, not, li- it's not really water, then, is it? It's, it's a little dash of cordial. It's, it's like cordial, though, isn't it, though, in that well, situation? Like, well, what do you call it if you put, like, a little bit of lemon juice in with you in your water? I don't fucking know, man. 
Is it is it lemon water? That's lemon water. I guess. Oh god. <laughs> I'm I'm getting silly. Oh, oh boy. All right, fine, Joel. We're moving on to news now. Let's do it. Uh, I handpicked this very first piece. Ah, uh, yes, guys. The rest of what what follows after this, I guess, is okay. But the important thing is we're gonna again. There's not really that much new about this statement, but I just wanted a reason to bring it up. Yep. So recently, Namora had, had a bit of a chat. He was having a bit of a chat about you know Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy VII Karin, remake. Karen, who's Namora? Tetsuya Nomura is, well, I was going to say a genius, but he's not, I, I wouldn't say a genius, but he's he's a pretty cool dude who works yep. for Square Enix, obviously. Right. Uh, my first introduction to him was legitimately the character designs from Final Fantasy VII. I was like, oh, Tetsuya Nomura, he really likes belts. That's fine. Oh, yeah. yep. Belts are cool. <laughs> but he's come a long way, and now he's, he's running the show for a lot of these games. And yeah. Anyway... Apart from confirming that we'll hear more Kingdom Hearts 3 news after... I'm not even going to say the name of the game, but 2.8 HD. Yep. Once that one comes out, apparently we can look forward to more Kingdom Hearts 3 news. But he actually touched a bit on the combat in Remake, which of course is it's something that I'm always curious about because I don't know what direction they should take it in, really. Okay. So basically... He talked about how since seven, like the battles have changed ridiculous, like greatly. All you gotta do is look at a trailer for seven, or like look up a, a battle from seven, and then go and watch a trailer for fifteen, and you'll see that combat has progressed. Oh yes. So they're still sort of, uh, from the sounds of it, his exact words. The next time I release information about Final Fantasy VII remake, I think that I'll definitely have to explain the specifics of what the battle system has become to the players. I think right now that nobody is really able to imagine a concrete battle, so I'm in the middle of coming up with steps that I can show and explain to people it's this kind of battle. Hmm. Like, because obviously the original 7 had ATB. So, you know, active time battle, bar fills, you attack, you know, so on. Yeah. It seems like, according to his, what he was saying, they are proceeding towards an action-heavy style, which I guess sounds like 15, but... Yeah, mm. you would think so. And I'm fine with that for the most part. 15's combat could be really good. Yeah. But I, I, I would like a little bit of, like, like a some sort of... Like, I don't know how you do it, but just a nod mm. to ATB would be cool. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I guess they've already got that battle system sort of there and working that they could just sort of, for lack of a better word, shoehorn it into the 7 remake. Well, here, here's the thing, because Square has learnt that their games are expensive, man. Like, they cost a mm-hmm. lot to make. Oh, yeah. And the 7 remake will be no exception. So, mm-hmm. again, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they're doing. Yeah, you like know, 15's combat looks fine, so I don't have an issue with that. Like obviously the last, the demos from E3 were rough, but since then apparently it's picked up a bit, a bit which is good. Yeah, and and really, like what what was the last sort of big AAA game that you can think of that had, like the, like a, a traditional RPG that had turn based combat in it or anything that closely resembled ATB. Well, uh, Square Enix has Dragon Quest Eleven coming up. Oh yes, well, that, that up, I would I would be surprised if that wasn't a turn-based game, since Dragon Quest is always traditional turn-based. Right. Yeah. 
But um, to your point, it, like, obviously, they're moving past that, and that's fine. Turn-based could be boring. Wait, does Pokemon count? Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. That is turn-based. But yep, that's that is... Pokemon, so it's never really going to change from turn-based, I'd say. Yeah, I guess that's true. But it, Yeah, you can't I... really change that from that now. I can see why they're like, they don't want to just... Obviously, you don't want to copy and paste that combat, because that's not going to work. Mm. I just... I'm curious to see how they sort of leverage and try to appeal to the best of both. Like... Because I don't want to... I don't want to play the 7 remake and just have the 15 combat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 15's got that locked down. I want something in the remake that sort of makes it a bit more unique, I guess. Well, maybe it's sort of like, you know, a mix of both. So it's like, you know, you can still, like freely walk around the battlefield while you're sort of planning attacks. Um, but you still got to wait for a bar to, to fill before you can use certain attacks and things like that. So sort of like an MMO? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of the way that you, that the sort of more recent Final Fantasy games have gone, haven't they? They sort of adopted that what? sort of MMO style of... Well, 13 didn't, but 12 definitely did. Yeah, right. And even even outside of that, like the Xenoblade games are like that as well. Like, yeah, you can yeah. walk around freely, but once you do an attack, you've got to wait for it to cool down. Essentially, yeah. Maybe yeah. like that. That basically all we have to go off is that really short snippet of gameplay from PSX last year. Yeah, exactly. Which makes it look really cool, but we yeah, it's just really hard to gauge where it's going to be on the on like I guess as far as speed goes because I w- I feel like I want it to be quick, but not too quick. Yeah. I don't know, like, I feel like Square knows what they're doing, and I'm just sitting here going, but I want this with a bit of that, and a, yeah. maybe some of this, but obviously I'm not the person to make these choices. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, It'd be interesting to see how they do that. I mean, this game already has a lot of pressure on it as it, it is. It has so much pressure. <laughs> For the fact that it is a beloved game on its own merit as it is now. Um, yeah. They are insane to be remaking Final Fantasy Seven. It's it it is actually insane. Like it, I, don't I was know. saying it when they revealed it last year at E three, and I'm still saying if it they are crazy for doing this. Yeah. I will buy it, and I'll buy every part they put out. But they are crazy. It's batshit insane. Like it it's it is. It, I don't understand how they're doing it, and how they're still that that team's still alive. <laughs> well, it's it sounds like it's going to be worked on by some smaller studios with Square Enix's help. Mm-hmm. Again, if it's episodic, it would make sense because yeah, it's a lot easier to like. Apparently, they it's they're just gonna. Uh, I'm just, I'm not sure I'm ready to see that world in like 1080p HD visuals. Yeah, but I'm going to, and I I'm gonna need a moment when I finally boot it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think I think episodically as well. I think that episodic's not so. It was like at first everyone was like, "Whoa, episodic gaming so cool." And then it dropped off going, everyone's going, "Oh, this is really bad. We, I don't I just want to play the game from start to finish." And that culminated uh with another game that came out this year, uh in Hitman. Leading up to that, everyone's like, "Why the fuck are you making an episodic Hitman game? That makes no fucking sense whatsoever." But now had the game having been out for so long, Everyone who's a fan of the series and anyone who's played that game has just said, yeah, it's actually really cool. Like, it, you know, makes you go back and sort of attack certain situations, like the same situation over and over again in different ways because there's so many different ways you can attack it. Um, so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see uh, whether or not this AAA episodic nature will work for a game like this. 
Well, especially because it's of the nature of a genre as an mm-hmm. RPG. Yeah. Like, even though they're saying it's going to be done in parts, which I imagine will be similar to the fact the game has sorry discs. So I'm assuming it'll be you know a trilogy yeah. essentially. Yep. I'm still assuming that each of those parts will be the length, not of a full JRPG, but probably a good chunk. Oh like yeah, I'm, like I'd you know, be expecting that at least, honestly, at like least fifteen like, twenty hours. Oh god, yeah, yeah, easily, easily, and that's without like you know exploring and and finding all the other extra hidden stuff that might be around. And then when Square bloats the world of Advent Children and Dirge of Cerberus <laughs> breadcrumbs, and I'll start tearing my hair out, going, "No, why? Stop it! Why? Stop it!" Anyway, I just want—I I saw that news story, and I, it made me really think about what I want that combat to be. Because yeah. action's great, but yeah, like I said, Fifteen's kind of got that covered, and I do—I do like ATB, so I'd like to see it referenced somehow. I don't know how. Square Enix, work your magic. Show that damn game at PSX again, please. Pretty please. I, I, I they have to, right? Right? <laughs> Surely that, sure, that's going to be show one it of the there, things. And Nintendo's going to reveal the NX, Joel. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. By the hey, look, we're what halfway through October now. Got two yeah, weeks we get, going. We're getting we there. Two weeks until until the end of October. But uh, Joel, oh. uh, what else happened this week in the world oh, of our in the world of our video games? It got a little spooky this week, Kyron. A little bit spooky. Yeah. So there was a, I think it was just after we finished last week, there was a a, a new story went up about a potential leak of a Halloween update for Overwatch. Um, and everyone, the internet sort of went fucking insane. Because uh, Overwatch. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was like, what? Overwatch? Cool. And everyone thought Sombra was going to get announced because there was like... Hey, Sombra leaked, man. Yeah, wow. Sombra has leaked. <laughs> Sombra has leaked. She is out in the open. But, oh, okay, on that Sombra leak, do you think she leaked herself? Do you think she's toying with us? I don't even know anymore. This yeah. arg is ridiculous. I've seen yep. the community starting to get a little bit sick of it. I yep. have no idea. Like, it sounds like Sombra, at this point, will come out during the Halloween update. Like, yeah. God knows when, but... Well, it's on for a couple more weeks. Uh, and so, yeah, people uh, found out about this Halloween update. Um, the, the Was it like Korean or Chinese? Uh, oh, well, this week, like originally it leaked because Microsoft Store outed the right. Halloween loot boxes. But this week, yep. then it was especially outed by like a Korean website. Yep. Like I, all I saw was the banner, like the Korean text, Overwatch, sure. and like a, a date. Yep. And I'm pretty Sorry. sure it was like the official, like it was like the, the like the yeah. Korean Overwatch site uh, leaked it accidentally um, before very a lot of uh, avid internet users screen capped it and put it up online. Um, and yeah, turns out it was true. Uh, so the update, the Halloween Terror update, that's right, isn't it? Halloween Terror or oh, something like that. Yeah, pretty sure it's called. Um, yeah, it has come out. So with a whole bunch of new skins and loot. But uh, I'll themed, never see. Yeah, right. Uh, themed loot boxes um, and a completely new PVE mode called, uh, oh, what's it called? The Curse of uh, Dr. Something, Junkenstein? Something Junkenstein. Yeah, it's like the Curse of Dr. Junkenstein or something like that. The Wrath of Dr. Junkenstein. Uh, whereas Junkrat has been transformed into a uh, Dr. Frankenstein-esque character trying to rebuild his monster, who is Roadhog. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, right? It's, the two are it's, best buds. Exactly. 
uh, it's really cool. So it's, it's, it's a small map area where you're basically guarding a gate. Uh, it looks like it's set in sort of like the Eichenwald assets, um, from what I can tell. It looks very Eichenwald. It looked very... Like, I'm pretty sure it was that the, the corner you round in Eichenwald as you yeah. approach the main gate when you're pushing the payload. Yep. Yeah. With a, yeah, you know, and I think it was like before it got all torn down and stuff. So, yeah, it, it looks really, really cool. Um, and it's just a, a horde mode. You're protecting it from sort of on uh, oncoming waves of uh, Zomniks. Yes, I said Zomnix. Oh. That's what they're called in this uh, game mode. Very cute, Blizzard. Yes, I love it. I love it so much. It, um, and uh, at random points, you'll get attacked by uh, sort of heroes from the game uh, who have taken on new personas. So there's the Reaper, which goes without saying. There's the Witch, which is Mercy. Uh, there is uh, Frankenstein's monster himself, which is Roadhog. And then there's Dr. Junkenstein. Um, which is Junkrat. Who, and, much like a Junkrat player, is an arsehole. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm speaking from experience because I am a Junkrat player. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. You can only pick from four characters. So you can pick from uh, Anna, Hanzo, 76, and who's the last one? It was McCree. McCree, yes, that's right. Um, and, yeah, it's almost like a little sort of bite-sized story element like playable story um it's based on a comic i think that's come out as well called like the curse of dr junkenstein or whatever it's called um so it, it's kind of like a little playable and you and throughout the 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 round you're getting uh narrated by uh, uh some sort of ominous narrator that's sort of explaining what's going on and you get a little bit of setup at the start and at the end as well um it's fun i really like it so I've played it a couple of times. I played it on normal originally when the update came out. Mm-hmm. And because I was playing with randoms, I got my ass kicked. Yep, of course. Plus I was forced into the role of Hanzo, who I suck as. Oh, so yes, that doesn't that, help. That was a terrible time. And the second time I played it with you guys, with you mm-hmm. and a couple of friends, and that went a bit better. We played on easy, though, because we are scrubs. Yep. Uh, and that was fun. It was definitely enjoyable. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to judge it too harshly because it's just a free little PVE update they put in there. Yeah, it's very much like the Lucio Ball thing as well. Yeah, like it's, I think well, it's be- I think it's better than the Lucio Ball one. But it's... yeah, well, it definitely works better. Lucio Ball had some mechanics that just didn't seem to function, and this one, yeah. for all intents and purposes, like you're just shooting, you know, bots, and it yep. works. Yep, it is cool, and it's sort of cool too, because like, like you said, you know, of the four characters that are on offer, I don't play as any of them. At all, barely. So it's it's cool to sort of step in. Like, I played a 76 last night, and I haven't really played a 76 at all. And I had a lot of fun with him, actually. I was, I was sort of like, oh, cool. I, I, I might actually sort of chuck him into my rotation now and give him a go a little bit more. Um, it's a good excuse to sort of test out those other characters without, without too much on the line. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like I'm lucky that I can sort of play as Anna because yeah. out of the out of the options there, she's the one I can use out of all right. of them. Yeah, which and I kind of I guess I get it. I understand that some characters would break that mode. Yeah, so there has to be some sort of limits there. But I I don't know. I'd like a couple of extra options, honestly. I, I think this for, for me personally. I think this comes back to what uh, I was saying before about it being like a bite-sized story, like a little mini story they're trying to tell. Um, those are the characters that sort of seem like they're uh, playing out the story, so it sort of makes sense for them to be the ones that were there in terms of that 
scenario. Um, but yeah, the thing that gets me most excited about it is the fact that um, Blizzard are obviously looking at some sort of maybe potential bigger PvE update um, down the line. I mean, as we said last week, they're already looking at new game modes they're testing, so this could be a step further. I mean, if they kept doing these sort of little bite-sized pieces, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I like that. Um, it's just something different to sort of mix it up every now and then. Not to say that I'm getting fed up with the uh, the game modes that are on offer, but it's nice to have a little bit more variety to the be added into the mix. Well, I will say it as much as I am enjoying Overwatch, some new game modes will be nice. Like, I yeah. love quick play... Quick play and competitive are fine, but you know between like the three modes they have, I'd like something a bit different. Yeah, a permanent yeah. PVE thing I think would be a, a welcome addition to the the game. As long like I agree there, but I would also like it to be a bit more interactive, I guess. Because as fun as the Junkenstein one is, and I get again, but it's more so testing the waters to see mm-hmm. how, what people think. I don't really like staying in one spot to defend. Yep, one door like it. I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 like like Leah, like like you said, I had a lot of fun with it, and I'll play it quite a bit, uh, as much as I can probably in the next few weeks. But um, but yeah, I I agree. Like it it it's a very small area to start with anyway, uh, and you are there for the entire duration of the match. So, um, it's not it's not very exciting, so to speak. Um. But I don't know, it's kind of fun, yeah. I just, I hope that this is them testing the waters and down the track we're going to get like a big PvE story. Not a big one, but like a substantial one. Um, More so than like a little 10 minute one. Cross those fingers, Joel. I am. I'm <laughs> Fingers and toes and everything I can. Um, But the costumes, uh, the, new, the new skins that are in there are really cool. Um, I don't know, actually. Like, there was a couple that I really liked, but honestly, most of them left me pretty unimpressed. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I think they're great. I love them all. I, 76 has got, like, a Michael Jackson thriller black and red jumpsuit, uh, and he's got, like, white hair and, um, like, zombie makeup on, basically. Um, Doc, uh, Junkrat's skin, which I, I need to get. I need to get it. It's... Uh, it's it's these Junkenstein skin and it's just you know like a white lab coat with with goggles. He looks very Doc Brown from Back to the Future, um, and his uh, rip tire is now like a Tesla coil sort of themed one, um, which is really cool. And yeah, Junkrat's I uh, mean um, Roadhog's got his uh, Frank uh, Junkenstein's monster skin. Uh, Mercy's one, she's a witch, um, and her staff is now a broom. Uh, there's a lot of really cool things like that in there. Um, yeah, like like I said, the main reason I honestly am disappointed is because the characters I use the most kind of got shafted. Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, a bit of a shame. Um, I mean, that Farrah skin looks pretty good, though, dude. Yeah, I'd like I'd like it if it was that that color and that sort of those like glowy effects applied to Mecha Queen. Yeah, well, <laughs> Mecha enough. Queen is the only you know, Farrah skin I'll use. Like, yep. Mecha Queen is, like, the Farrah skin, in my yep. opinion. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, but it seems like Blizzard has sort of taken on board everything that the everyone had to say about the, the loot boxes from the Summer Games update. Um, because every loot box that you get now is guaranteed to have one piece of Halloween loot in it. So you are guaranteed, every time you open a loot box, to get one piece, 
whether that be a spray or a player icon or an emote or a skin or whatever. Or a duplicate of a Halloween thing. Or a duplicate, yes. Uh, But you are going to get one. I feel Um, like, okay, I feel like more than one isn't too much to ask in a Halloween loot box, right? Yeah. As a guaranteed drop. Yeah, especially because it's only going to go for a few weeks. It's really, like, this. Um, like the summer games went, I don't know how long they went for exactly. I think it, was a, it was at least a month. Yeah, this one's only really running for another, what, two and a half weeks maybe? Yeah, two and a half weeks, end of October as it finishes. That is not long. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it might be the 1st of November. It's um, little, I think it's the 1st of November, it ends. Yeah, it stops. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. But you can purchase uh, skins and things as well, now as well. They do cost a lot more. They the cost options there, though. Yeah, but you can buy them, and it is possible to get that much gold. Like, if you played enough, yeah, you can absolutely get enough for the one character that you wanted to skip yeah, for. Well, like between, all the, between all the duplicates you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, those duplicates do come in handy after a while. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it wouldn't be a Dialogue Options podcast if we didn't talk about Overwatch. So uh, there's your, your weekly dose of Overwatch. Um, the well, update's hey, look- live now. It's been out for a couple of days. You've probably played it if you play Overwatch, so you... Yeah, you probably played it already. The Halloween update pulled me back in after probably a week and a half away from it. Yeah, same. Like, uh, I mean, I've just been really busy with work and stuff, so I haven't been able to play much uh, in terms of anything, let alone Overwatch. Um, and uh, yeah, it was good to jump back in again and have things sort of revamped. Hear that Overwatch uh, f- fanfare uh, redone in sort of a spooky Halloween sort of theme um, was really cool. All the music's completely redone in the menu. Uh, only one of the maps is remade over, which is interesting, but um, Hollywood has a complete uh, Halloween makeover now, which is kind of cool. Uh, I haven't seen it myself yet, but you you had the chance to play, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So there's like uh, pumpkins sitting around the area. Uh, mm. There's like a, a slight layer of fog as well. Sort uh, of- okay. Sitting low on the on the surface, so and it's, it's night cool. Time as well, night, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's night time, so it's very cool. I was hoping that Icon World would also be up, like changed, but unfortunately, it's not. No, unfortunately, but yeah, good stuff. I'm uh, I'm excited to see whether or not we get a, you know, we've got our treats essentially with our Halloween loot and all that sort of stuff. It's, maybe it's time for a trick from our old mate Sombra. Uh, hopefully, I'm honestly looking forward to playing a Sombra. Yeah, me too. Me too. Submachine gun and like, hacker abilities. Yeah, I'm, I'm bored. She looks a lot like the uh, I forget the character's name, but the female bad guy in Deus Ex: Human Revolutions. What she reminds oh, me of. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. What have we got next, guy? Uh, the next one's a little bit, a uh, little bit odd, a little bit weird. A little bit strange, because it comes from uh, Suda51. Oh, that guy. Everyone's, like, he's a he's a bit of a, he's a strange guy, but I love he's him, honestly. He's, I really like it. him. He's a cool guy. He is obviously, so uh, Grasshopper Manufacture recently uh, celebrated his 20th anniversary. 20 years. Oh. A while ago. So that was cool. Uh, and Suda51, if you ever played No More Heroes 1 and 2, you may have been wondering if we'll ever see a third one. Previously, he Suda himself had said that he could see himself making it within fifteen or twenty years. Oh, yep, cool. Yeah, you know, you know a nice uh, realistic time frame. Yeah, so like a, a Square Enix sort of time frame. <laughs> Valve uh, time, they're on. Valve, on Valve, Valve time. time. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but 
but he's since revised that. And he thinks it might only be about 10 years now. Like, some, oh, cool. at some point in the next 10 years, he should hopefully get to a third No More Heroes game. Knocked off a couple of years. That's nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, when he talked about what, what a sequel would be, he said that it might be like an indie game. Okay. No- noting that No More Heroes fans' voices are still strong, but young gamers have never heard of it, so I want to create something for them as well. Okay. Which is interesting. Um, the No More Hero games were pretty cool. They were pretty yeah. fun. I specifically liked the second one because I got a lot of the stuff I didn't like about the first one and fixed it. I never got to play the second one, and I'm really sad about it because I did enjoy the first one. Yeah. Well, the, obviously the big, the big star of those games is just how hilarious they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That final boss fight in the first one is <laughs> just brilliant, where... The, the the boss basically is giving you exposition about their motives about throughout the entire game, and the game goes on fast forward and fast forwards through the entire thing. You can go and slow it down though on YouTube or whatever, and you can yeah. you can listen to what they're saying if you want. Yeah, it's like it's literally all there. It explains every single motive and every single step leading up to that point essentially. But um, I just love it. It's so dumb, like because without that, you just have no idea. It's like uh, what uh, what's going on? What I, I'll surely they'll explain it in a second. Nope. No, they don't. Not at all. I really I really hope we do see No More Heroes that are in the future. Yeah, it'd be great. Those two games were very enjoyable, especially I liked the how they swapped up the jobs in the second one and made them like weird little sort of mini-games, like 2D side-scroll mini-games and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of stuff was cool. And just there's so much personality in those two games. I mean... Oh, God, yeah. You could say the same for anything Suda51 puts out, but... yeah. But I mean, when when your main protagonist is a is an otaku, like it's <laughs> it's hard not to have like super like lots of su- like super style to it, like added to it. Yeah, my brain is frazzled tonight, man. Especially with that cool little beam stick he has, which is oh, not a lightsaber. It's yeah, not a beam, lightsaber beam sword, beam sword, kind. Beam sword, beam sword. not a lightsaber. Don't worry, not copyright infringement. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's completely original. Not a lightsaber. Oh, actually, no. Beam katana. I think he's called. Oh yeah, no, it yeah, was a beam katana. It's a You're beam right. katana. You're right, because he's an yeah. otaku, of course. So yep. it will be a beam katana. Yeah, he buys it at like a secondhand pawn shop, though, like a pawn <laughs> shop, doesn't he? Yeah, it's great. Where? Okay, can we please like? Because No More Heroes One got remastered on PS3. Yep. Can we get like a No More Heroes one and two bundle for like current gen consoles? Because I'd I feel buy the like shit out of that. I feel like they they could. I mean, they wouldn't do really well, but I feel like some people would get enjoyment out of those games. Put them up for download, fifty bucks, even sixty bucks. I'd pay that. Yeah, I mean, That'd but I'll, I'll I'll pay for another No More Heroes, so I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I I like, you know I never I didn't even play the second game, but like I I really love the first game, um, even with its like you know tedious driving around the city and doing the tedious mini jobs uh, that they had in the game. But driving around wasn't so much the problem, it was more so the controls for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, driving that goddamn vehicle around, and, and like, yep. going to hit people, but you just go through them. Yep. Yep. That old chestnut. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'd be great to see a third, um, or a well, remastered collection. About ten years, Joel, we should hopefully see one. That's alright, you know, we'll still be around. We've got some so. time. We've got some time. That day, like, episode what, like, you know, 1,300 or something. I'm legitimately not doing the math. I'm yeah, not no, doing it. Oh, fuck no, I'm not doing the math. <laughs> I never do the math in anything in my life, so why would I do it now? Um, uh, yeah, cool. So yeah, mark your calendars for 10 years, and yep. you know we'll see you there at the No More Heroes 3 launch event. Yeah, we'll be there with our kids and our... Our beam katanas. 
grey hair and our like actual beam katanas because it'll be yep. ten years in the future. But we'll and, be using and them they as, will exist. We'll be using them as walking sticks. Yeah, beam katana walking old. sticks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, good times. What have we got next, Karen? Uh, well, this one's actually slightly sad news because oh, it it's is a, sad. I don't like this one. It's a game delay. It is. We never like reporting on game delays. Unless no. it's for games that we really don't like. We <laughs> well, we don't. We it. generally don't really talk about games we don't like. That's very true. Yeah, we're very selective with our news stories. Uh, well, mostly it's because I don't like to complain too much. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's it's sad to see this sort of thing happen. Yeah, at the same time, like obviously, and the reasoning behind this delay, I actually really respect as well. Yeah. So Cuphead, the uh, amazingly, I don't know, like the gloriously looking 1930s cartoon inspired. Boss Rush game? Yeah. yeah. Maybe only. We don't know for sure if it's Boss Rush only, but it has been delayed until mid-2017 for Xbox One, Windows 10, and Steam. Yeah. Um, and they've said that they want to delay it because of uh, they don't want to compromise the final product. Yeah, that's why I said maybe Boss Rush only, because their words were, throughout this year, we discussed reducing the scope to make a 2016 release... But we made the difficult decision to delay the launch in order to ship with our vision intact. So, yeah. And there was footage that leaked earlier on, like a few months ago, a couple of months ago, of uh, of some platforming stuff uh, from coming out of Cuphead. So, I mean, maybe they're putting in some extra level, like, built, like lead up to the boss fights. That'd be cool. Like, yeah. I played it at... Packs, I think last year. Yeah, we both it. did. We played it together. Oh yeah, we did too. Yeah, we did play. It. We played a co-op. Yeah. yeah, and I really enjoyed what I played of it. But I, I had that same concern I have of every game that's a boss rush game, and I worry that I'm just going to hit a wall and never go back to it. Yeah, like, like it. It was definitely interesting for the time we played it, and I really, I really enjoyed it. Like the visual, the art style is just stunning. Oh, There's nothing the, else like it out there, really. The art um, style is like a, it is an A plus right there. Yeah, it's like the old Popeye and like Felix the Cat like style cartoon. It's, I love it. I, I, I visually, I would buy it alone. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of share the same sentiment as you in terms of whether or not it has like. Stayability, like yeah, staying power. Because good boss design is great. Like obviously, a yeah. game that has good boss design is definitely going to do well. And it looks like it's got very varied boss design as well. So it's, it's yeah. not just like the same kind of boss with different skin. It's like each boss fight is its own unique thing, which is great. Yeah, different mechanics in the sort, in the sort, yeah. which is again very important. If, it, it, even if I don't include anything beyond boss battles, if you're going to be boss battles only, they've definitely they've definitely got that down, like with the yeah. varied mechanics and. Yeah, to keep it yeah. fresh each time you come up against a new boss. Yeah, which is um, cool. Uh, it's again, it's sad it's delayed, but you know what? That's a good reason. Yeah, I, it is. It is, and I think it's it's a very admirable reason, a, a reason that is not taken uh, nearly as much as it probably should be these days. But wow, is it crazy to think that that game was announced back in 2014? Yeah, I know, right? And everyone lost their mind over it then, and every time a little bit of news comes out about it, everyone loses their mind again because it's. It's just if you haven't seen anything from Coverhead, go and go and look it up. It just it looks stunning. It looks amazing. The art style will blow you away because, like I said, it is. It, there's nothing else out there like it, game wise. Well, I remember seeing screenshots of it, and I was like, "Oh man, this looks really cool." Yeah. And then I started watching footage, and especially last year when I played it, and I was really surprised that 
it ran well enough to actually back up the visuals. Like, yeah, because as a still shot, that art style obviously looks incredible. Yep. But when you see it in motion and like all the little details and the animations the characters have and the bosses have, it's just and the filter over it as well. That's yeah, like that kind of like old cool. school animation filter. Like, yeah, it's really really cool. Okay, I mean, if it's a PAX this year, I'll go play it again. Oh, absolutely. I'll I'll be giving it another go. It's just we happened to be walking by it and was like, <laughs> yeah, we were. We went into oh, the shit. Microsoft booth. <laughs> So, hey, hopefully it's there. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Indeed. Uh, what do we got next? Going? Uh, oh, yes. So, uh, some of you who saw my post on Facebook last week about the latest episode from uh, from us last week might have noticed there was some Western themes throughout it. Um, I apologize, first of all. Uh, but it is, if you read my note down the bottom, because I've been watching a lot of Westworld uh, the latest HBO show to take everyone by storm at the moment, it seems, um, based on a 70s movie um, and a story by uh, Michael Crichton um, of Jurassic Park fame. Uh, it follows sort of like a virtual, well, not even a virtual, like a simulated world, I guess, uh, in like a Western theme where there are essentially no laws and you can do what you want. Uh and it seems like a giant MMO, really, that you pay to go and experience for real. Uh, the creators of the show came out, which is uh, Jonathan Nolan, uh, who is Christopher Nolan's brother, uh, and his wife as well, I think. Um, Jane, I think. Lisa. Ooh, Lisa. Hey, there we go. Um, I have to scroll down a bit further. Uh, at New York Comic Con, they were talking about some of the inspirations for the, their, their vision on the show. Um, and they cited a couple of video games, so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about that. Uh, the two video games that they... Well, there's a couple of video games that they uh, referenced in there. Uh, GTA uh, and Red Dead Redemption, for obvious reasons, especially Red Dead Redemption. Red is Dead's a, a very obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so Jonathan Nolan said that he... Uh, that he likens what the characters, the people that visit the park in Westworld uh, is very similar to what people do in GTA games. Uh, And he said, my wife is the world's most boring Grand Theft Auto player. Uh, And she retaliated with that. The city looks so beautiful if you just slow it, slow it down and take your time. So to sort of take in everything. Uh, And that definitely carries over into Westworld. If you haven't watched it, Um, it's visually stunning. Um, uh, and one of the other games that they sort of uh, cited as a reference uh, reference point was Bioshock as well. And I kind of get that as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's really interesting. I, I, I don't know. Like, I've watched the show and the more people sort of talk about it and I saw a couple of people sort of likening it between um, the experience that the, the, the visitors go through going to Westworld is very much like a, an MMO almost. Like a real well, life MMO? Well, some I've I've picked up Final Fantasy fourteen again recently. Ah, okay. And uh it's definitely carried over to when I'm watching Westworld, just cracking so many jokes and it's like, huh, geez. Like when they're talking about like the narrative and all that sort of stuff that they're yeah. trying to implement into the world, I'm like, oh jeez. Oh, and all these all these guys like offering adventures for the um Yeah the, the theme park attendees are basically just side quests. Yeah, exactly. And it's great. And like depending on how they talk about how far out of like the main hub city you want to go as to how difficult 
the game the game in quotations is yeah um, it's cool i mean the show's great i'm super hooked on it like yeah well i was intrigued on westworld basically when the teasers started coming out mm. and hbo started to fire up the hype machine basically because obviously hbo is going to be fishing around because yep game of thrones only got two years left man i find that game of thrones replacement I, I honestly, I, you know, I know this is a video games podcast, and we're sort of deviating slightly, but um, I think they found their replacement in Westworld. It's very cool, and especially mm. like specifically if we're talking video games as inspiration. Man, Bioshock's a good one to take inspiration from. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I can kind of see where they're coming from. Like, uh, I think they said uh, the creator recalls a particular video in which Bioshock creative director Ken Levine mentions writing entire conversations between NPCs that most players may not even notice. Uh, and then, yeah, that carries over actually into the most recent episode as well. There's a little little bits about that as well, um, about sort of, you know, them talking about, like you said, the narratives that are happening in this world and the fact that they write these uh, these stories that some people might not even experience. Yeah, like all these, these quest lines. mm yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. Um, if you haven't watched Westworld, check it out. Oh, oh boy, and then oh be boy. like, and then be like me and just sort of sit there and crack video game jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I'm super on board with Westworld, and uh, yeah, I can definitely see the video game influence. I didn't at first, until but until some people started mentioning about that, and I went, oh yeah, I can see, I can see the the parallels. I can see the definitely parallels in that. I think I started picking it up about halfway through the first episode because honestly, I wasn't even looking for it at first. Yeah, but then it's, yeah. it. I just, I noticed it. I'm like, I, oh god, I can't unsee this. Yeah, I hope, I hope this doesn't ruin the show for me. Thankfully, <laughs> it hasn't. I'm still enjoying it very much. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely sort of like very Jurassic Park esque as well. Oh, absolutely it has that vibe to it as well. So I, again, I'm just waiting for something to go wrong. Much oh, like in yeah. Jurassic Park. Oh, they're already alluding at it, man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The end of that first episode. Hey, hey man, no spoilers, like, no spoilers, no spoilers. I know, I know. But the end of that first episode, I was like, oh, shit. Things it's are gonna, happening. It's going to hit the fans soon. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. Um, cool. All right, what do we got next? Let's move on. Let's keep going. Uh, the next one is about Turok 2, Joel. Oh, shit. You remember Turok 2? Seeds I, of Evil. I I remember it. I don't remember playing it because I never played it. But I do know the game. I'm you never played it. it? No, man. Oh, I didn't have a sixty four. Remember? Oh, I, I've I'm got sad. it. You have to you have to play it on my sixty four. Done. Or I Done. guess we could wait for this. Uh, basically, Night Dive Studios, the guys who are working, who did the first Turok remaster, uh, and who are working on the second one, and are currently knee deep in their sweet System Shock remake. Oh, shit. Which has obviously been a runaway success for them. Oh, yeah. They they have taken the time to re- reassure fans they are still working on a Turok 2 remaster. Oh, good. That's lovely of them. Again, like, System Shock is obviously going to be time-consuming because as much as I love Turok 2, I'm much more excited for that System Shock remake. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, but they they wanted to reassure fans that it is still in development. It's They started it just shortly after the launch of the first Turok remaster. Okay. Which I'm still hoping comes to consoles. Like, it's on PC. Yeah. It seems like one of those games that I'm like, I wonder if I'm, rem- if I'm remembering it correctly. Did I really enjoy it? Like, <laughs> it's, it's like that thing where it's like, should I play the remaster or should I just leave my memories intact yeah. the way they are? Yeah. Like, from what I saw of some people playing it on YouTube, it still looks like it has that thing I like about shooters. Like, it's quick. It's fast. Oh, yeah. 
but shooting feels good and there are dinosaurs oh god yeah yeah i mean heck the last boss of turok one is like a giant robot t-rex like that's that's it that's as good as you get uh but yeah so turok 2 is taking a bit a bit of extra time because obviously it has it's a bigger game it has more enemies it has more weapons it has more locations and for those out there who are paying attention it also has multiplayer ah yes which means uh bring on that cerebral bore <laughs> now yeah. i might not have played Turok 2 Seeds of Evil, but I, I am familiar with the Cerebral Ball. Everyone's cerebral favorite drill ball. skull. Drill sculling bomb. Oh, God, that's great. It's it's the best weapon in video games, right? Like, at least for me. Oh, yeah. No, you know what? As much as I love the BFG, like, B- B- BFG ooh. is like a room clearer. Like, that's just a problem solver. But the Cerebral Ball is personal. But it's the big force gun, kind. <sighs> the big force gun. <laughs> are, you, are you done yeah are you I'm done, done Joel yeah I'm done, done. Yep. okay good the cerebral the cerebral bore is awesome and I love I will I will love any gun that lets me shoot a little ball that drills into my enemy's skull and then beep a couple of times and then blows their head up just that's the, awesome the visual imagery that that creates in your mind is. I just, just remember fantastic. playing Turok 2's side like split screen and you just hear the zzzz and you just panic you're like who's shooting the cerebral bore Where's it coming from? It's in my head. I'm dead. It doesn't oh, God. Anymore. Problem <laughs> my, solved. I'm dead. Fixed it. My face is on the wall now. Yep. yep. Cool. The what's, the what's left of my face is on the wall. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I think that's really cool. Again, yeah, I, that's awesome. I don't know if Turok 2 was actually good, but I remember it well as being a fun game. I, I think hope... that's... Yeah, I think that's all it's, it's going to be. Is it's supposed to be. It's just fun. I hope it comes to console. I'm bummed the first one didn't. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously I don't have a PC at the moment. No. <sighs> I have a laptop. <laughs> so, I hope it comes to console. But still, it's just cool to know that they are still working on it. Even if System Shock is, no doubt, consuming all of their time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Priorities, right? Yeah. Wait, look, I'm not going to stop them from remaking System Shock. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't think I don't think your housemate would be too happy if you tried. Oh to do no, that. he would. He would take me out. No yeah. Doubt. Oh god. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh boy. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for our uh, our news topics this week. Yeah. Been a bit of a quiet one. Just some interesting little tidbits this week. But uh, I mean, it's been it's been a quiet one because we're on. Well, today's the day that PlayStation VR releases. So yeah, the next week and so is going to be a lot of VR news. Yeah. The old, the old no VR pants over here, you know, none of us without any VR experience at all. It's, um, Oh, Kyron. One day, one day we'll play some. PAX is coming up, man. Yeah, man. Hopefully it packs. We have to this year. We've said it the last, I've said it personally, the last three years of packs. So this year it's, it's got to happen. I've already said that if Resident Evil 7 is at Sony's booth, I will go and queue there all day to play that. Yeah, no, fair enough. I but won't otherwise, be. I, I, I want to... When I, pl- when I try VR, I want it to be an experience I want to do. I don't want to just try it for the sake of trying it. Yeah, no, fair I enough. Wa- I want it to matter. I want to, I, I, If we want it to matter, my experience, I want it to be like the Star Wars one. Oh, on the yes. Vive. I want that. I want the Star Wars one, or if like the Trench Run one's out by then, I want I want to experience that. 
because that's going to blow my fucking face off. Like that's, <laughs> I, I'm going to take that thing off and then my face will just look like this, like the dude from like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And they open the Ark of the Covenant and he just melts. That's me. Just be like, Argh. I mean, if that's Done. you, you probably don't want to try VR then because no, worth you, it. You want to keep your face worth it. No, if I'm going to go out, that's the way I want to go out. Playing, <laughs> playing a, Star Wars VR playing game. Star Wars VR game. Yeah, All right, fucking fair a. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. You, you do you, okay? You do you. <laughs> well, speaking of VR, that leads into our one and only question this week um, from uh, Ashley. Ashley writes to us. What do you think the future of gaming holds? Do you think that VR is a gimmick and people will get bored of it, like the PS2 eye toy and the Wii motion controls, etc.? What do you think, Karen? The future of video gaming is scary and unknown. The future of video game, Karen, is the NX. Joel, we can only make the NX joke so many times. It's the NX. I'm going to drive that shit into the ground. Until, hey, you, if if every week that they don't talk about the fucking NX, that's more weeks that I'm making bad jokes about it. It's, the oh game, God. the ball's in your court, Nintendo. You could stop what? this. And in both scenarios, I am the one who suffers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, poor Karen. But but seriously though, like VR, I don't know. Like, is it's getting a lot of positive buzz. People mm. seem excited. Yeah. Although I had to say, with v- with PlayStation VR coming out today, I haven't heard that many people talking about it. At least not from the people I generally associate with or follow on Twitter. Right. Some people have picked it up and have been playing it, and they yep. like it. But yeah, like I don't know. I kind of expected more. I guess I've heard from a few people that I watch online. Um, the guys are kind of funny. Seem to really like it. They've been doing a lot of coverage on it. Um. Guys at Rooster Teeth, uh, because they've already been playing with the Vive quite extensively, um, they're, they're obviously comparing it to that, and they're saying it's not as good, but that was to be expected. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, the Vive is obviously the the top of the end, or top of the line one. And oh, the, PS, the PSVR, for all intents and purposes, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, is the budget one. It is, absolutely. And it, I don't think it is a derogatory thing. I think the, the fact that getting VR into more people's hands that might not be able to afford a massive gaming rig and a, and a, and a Vive is a good thing because then people can experience it. And then if they like it so much, then maybe down the track they'll invest in something to get, uh, invest in a PC to get a Vive down the track. Definitely. Um, the, the thing that I have a slight issue with there, if that's the case, what do we think of Sony going for the money hat on some of these exclusives like they have arkham vr i think is like a, a psvr exclusive it's yeah. a 12 month exclusive yep and resident evil 7 will be as well mm-hmm. and i don't know how that that sort of sort of sucks if you don't have psvr honestly like you're being deprived of those experiences because sony wants them on console yeah look it does suck i think if you are but you've also got to look at the fact that the Vive's been out for how long now and the Oculus Oculus has been out for even longer. Um, those those have already been out. There's already a lot of really interesting, unique experiences that are just for those as well that you can't play on VR. There are some crossovers like Job Simulator and a couple of things like that. But for the most part, they both have their own exclusives anyway. So I think it's probably it's a smart business strategy from, from Sony them to go well we want our own exclusives as well to get people to come to our platform um but yeah i like i get what you mean though it's, as long as it like it just it sucks to think that it might harm the product like yeah yeah 
I if, think, yeah. If no one gets, like, I mean, I assume people, like, PSVR, from what I saw, was mostly sold out in Australia. Yeah. Uh, don't cite me on that. I just I saw some posts about that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Yeah. If, for some reason, like, VR isn't successful on Resident Evil 7, and it's, like, and it just has a, a whole 12-month window of, like, an abysmal reception, that would sort of suck. Yeah. Um. Look, from what I've heard so far, I don't think... The one thing that I've I've heard is a bit of a down. There's a couple of things I've heard that are a little bit of a downside to it. Uh, is that uh, the like the setup to the actual headset itself is a little bit like there's a lot to it. Like there are a lot of cables. I saw but, a picture um, of like the layout and it looks like a mess. Yeah, it's, it's it's insane. But I mean, you've also got to think that you are essentially strapping a TV to your face as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, heck, you've seen the Vive, haven't you? Like that thing, like those yeah. thick cables that kind of the back of that are insane. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is all we're all still very early on in in the VR stage in in terms of like the consumer level uh, VR stage. Um, I mean, Vive's already looking at uh, was it no. Is it HTC or was it Oculus that are looking at? Um, I think it's HTC. I've got a working on a, a wireless Vive. I think it, I think it was HTC. Yeah. Yeah. The Vive is yeah. As I said earlier, it's like definitely the, the VR headset you want to go for. It's the premium headset. Yeah, it's the premium setup. If you are super serious about VR and and, and it being the platform that you want to tool around with, like for years to come, you you need to be going down the Vive route. If you're someone like us who is like morbidly curious about it and going, yeah, I just want to see what it's all about. Um, the VR is a, a is an acceptable price. I mean, it's expensive, but it's still an acceptable price point. Like it's. I mean, yeah, it's definitely expensive, but as you were saying, like when you it's four ninety nine or five ninety nine. Yeah, the PSVR. It's, so it's, yeah, it's about it's about bucks. Yeah, it's in that in that sort of price range there. But we already have a PS four, so. Exactly. That's definitely cheaper than building a PC and then buying a Vive, especially yeah. paying whatever crazy Australia tax we're going to pay to get it over here. Yeah, exactly. So, like, shipping and taxes over here is, is ludicrous. But, um, and, but I mean, you, I've seen some of the unboxing stuff for the the um, PlayStation VR, and it just it looks nice. Everything about it looks nice. I like the look of the headset. It's a nice looking headset. Um. This is about as in depth of our experience, our, our our VR review for PSVR goes. It's like I really like the look of the packaging and the headset <laughs> looks nice. Um, well, okay, well, okay, and here's the meteor part of the question. Then, do you think it's going to be just another flash in the pan gimmick like eye toys and motion controls? I know it's early days, so it's really hard to sort of yeah. Pick it. Um, look. This leads to me one to my one of, one of my other points about PlayStation VR is the fact that it's using PlayStation Three technology as one of its primary control as its primary control. Uh, six year old setup. controllers, Joel. Six yeah, years old. Six they years are. old. Those PlayStation Move controllers, and they weren't great when they came out then, and they no. haven't. Not much has changed about them, if anything, to now. And, and they're not really priced accordingly for six year old tech either. No, exactly. So the thing was, like you know, <coughs> to, uh, you know. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, those you could pick up a like PlayStation Move controller for like ten bucks because fucking no one wanted them. Now they're selling them for a hundred bucks a pop. Mm. I think hundred bucks is for a two pack, maybe. But either oh, way, okay. that's still pretty expensive. I yeah. thankfully I have one laying around somewhere. 
I, I remember thinking about picking one up just for like for shits and giggles a while ago, and I didn't, and I'm kind of kicking myself now that I didn't. But, um, yeah, so the fact that they're using six-year-old tech to try and to, to be the, 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 the control input for this, this brand new thing that they're trying to bring to the masses is a little, little sketchy. Um, do you think we'll get a PS VR like 2.0 before the PS5 eventually comes out? Or do you think this will like, we'll get this VR headset and it'll just be that until the next generation rolls in? I think it, I think the next generation of VR will be, will launch alongside the next PlayStation. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a simultaneous thing. When, so they, you... when they have their event for that, they'll be like, here's PlayStation 5. Everyone loses their shit and they go, here's VR 2. And everyone goes, oh my God. And they're like, it's wireless. It has new controllers. It's fucking, it'll give you a blowjob while you're playing it. Like, that's it, that's the thing they'll do. They'll they'll double down on that. So that's you don't... If this goes well. So you, as I say, so you don't think it's going to be a gimmick that sort of fades away? Because I remember, like, I'm sure we both remember how excited everyone was for motion controls originally. Yeah, look... I don't know. I it's hard to say without having played any VR stuff. Um but from what I hear from people it just seems like we're due for a new way of playing games. That's something that's completely revolutionary. Um I know motion controls were supposed to be like that and it just didn't quite pan out that way, but I think that was sort of like a, a you know a pit stop on the road to where we're at now with with VR. I I honestly think I'm excited to see where it goes because um, at the moment all we've got is sort of like little tech demos and experiences and things like that that are coming out. Um, there's no real meaty games. I think Resident Evil 7 is probably going to be the first real meaty game. Oh, so Eve Online's out. Or Eve Valkyrie, sorry. Um, that's I mean, out. The problem with Resident Evil 7 is it wasn't even like... It was. It wasn't built with VR in mind. Like no. that's what I. That's what I worry about for that. And that's what yeah. I. I guess in large, like the experiences need to be like VR needs to be there at the beginning, like yep. at the at the ground level. VR has to be like the thing they're building it for. It's it's like when you watch a movie, um, or early on in the, in the three D movie days. Oh um, boy! It's not so much. It's not so much now, but like you could always tell when a movie was. Well, not always, but for the most part, you could tell when a movie was like post-production 3D, when they like digitally made it 3D afterwards, and when it was filmed in 3D. It was always a lot better when it was filmed in 3D, and it's the yeah. same thing with VR. Like if it's being built from the ground up with VR in mind, even if it's just like a standalone thing, that's that's a good thing. Uh, if it's being sort of shoehorned in, it, oh, I don't know. You could go either way in that case. And that's again way. that's why I'm excited for Resident Evil Seven, but also worried about Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. That's gonna be the make or break for the VR, I think, for PlayStation VR. I think it will be, because that's probably the first real big VR mm. game that's coming out. Like at this had... stage, yeah. I mean PSX is just around the corner. So we oh, that's true, who knows I, we'll be there. There's gonna be a whole bunch of stuff come out for that too. Um do, what do you think Alright, what do you think? Sony could come out with that would be the killer app for you, apart from Resident Evil 7, because that's kind of already the killer app for you for PSVR, but what would be the thing that would make you go, I need to have I need to have VR to play this game on uh, PlayStation? Well, as I said last week, it's just, I don't even want VR to be really that integral to playing games, because for mm-hmm. me perfect video game is still on a controller with buttons looking at a TV screen. 
Yeah, and I, I look, I think that's it's always going to have a place. Like I think I said last week as well. I think Colin I think Murray it'll all, was saying, yeah, it'll always it'll, it, it'll always be there. That'll be the primary way we do it. But it'll be those different kinds of uh, like games that come out for VR that are still like you know maybe eight to ten hours long, but. They're like the way that you have to play them is VR. Like you can play them normally, but VR is the way you need to experience it. Honestly, the VR, like to get me, I just want a cool world to explore. I don't, I don't care how a play is. Like I don't, I could see the novelty and like those ones that are the the shooter ones. Yeah, but I could also see that getting real old real quick. Yeah, I well, I mean, Batman VR seems, sounds like that kind of. Yeah, that's what I've experience. heard. Yeah, like it's just like, being in the world. Yeah, and like putting on being the bat suit. Yeah, like putting on the bat suit, and then the mirror comes down. You look in the mirror, and you're like, "I'm fucking Batman." That's cool. I'm Batman. Yeah, I'm Batman. Um, that's the sort of stuff I want. Like more stuff where I just get to be in the world and like explore it, like first person. Yeah, yeah, and look around and and, the, and live like, in that world. Yeah, as first person as you can get, like literally. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Um. I think I think it's going to stick around. I think VR is going to stick around. You've only got to look at the Oculus and the Vive. They are they are doing quite well, even at the price points and the the like the barrier of entry is quite high. They're still doing quite well. Um, I mean, if not for anything else, but for like YouTube content, like that's where I ingest most of my VR experience stuff is seeing other people play it on on YouTube, but. Um, I think it's going to stick around, and I think it's only going to get better. I think there is room for improvement, and I think it's already being worked on. Um, I mean, just recently, I think in the last day or two, um, HTC came out with their their sort of new controllers that they're bringing out, which sort of looks like they strap on your hands, so that they're like the normal controllers that they've got now, but instead of having to hold onto them physically, um, they're strapped to your hand. So that works in the way that you could pick stuff up in the world, but you could also just let go of it and drop it. See, that, that'll definitely feel a lot more natural as well. Yeah, a lot more tactile. Like, it feels, yeah, more real. Um, so, and I watched someone using one. It, it looked really cool, and they looked, yeah, it looked awesome. Like, there's this sort of, like, it's like a wristband thing that went over, like, their wrist, and it sort of stuck out a little bit, and then it had, like, the controls where you would normally have them. They just sort of sat in your hands. It's almost like you had, like, a... You know, in like westerns where they have like people have like the the guns up their sleeve and they like shoot out and they could just sit there as well. They don't actually have to hold on to them. That they're part of like a little like Fiona's in Tales. Of yeah, the I was gonna say like in Tales of the Wolves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like that. So yeah, I guess that works in the way that like you could pick something up, you would just grab the controller and pick it up. Like you know, quotations. Grab the controller, and then if you wanted to let it go, you could just let go of all the buttons and it would drop what you were holding in your hand. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, they're already working on things and then like, you know, the, the, the wireless headset, um, I mean, the Oculus touch controllers, apparently they are really good as well. They're a great step in the right direction for, for that, uh, headset. Um, I think once they ditch the move with PSVR, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be good when they have like specific controllers that are VR built. Yeah, like I'm sure the move works fine as a controller for it, but it's just, I yeah. mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I can't say for sure there's not anything updated about them. No, 
but they look a lot like the move controllers we that I bought six years ago. No, they are. From what I've heard, they are. They they are literally the same controllers because you can use the ones from six years ago if you've got them. Like it's yeah, there's nothing new about them at all. Well, like, and I, I know there are bundles that have the Vita controllers included, which is obviously mm. the bundle you would want to go for, and the camera as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the camera, the new camera, it looks different to the old yeah, camera. Yeah, the new well. camera looks like a, uh, like a connect almost. Yeah, jeez. Oh, mm. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm interested for sure. I'm very interested to see what happens. Yeah, like, I mean, look, we've we've had our horror stories about motion controls in the past and things like that. But we've also had a lot of good experiences with motion motion controls in the past as well. Um, my favorite, my favorite one from the past I, I, that I have to bring up was the first time we played Connect at our friend's house. <laughs> Do you remember this? Who could forget the first time we played Connect, Joel? Yeah, right. So, like, we, we, uh, one of our friends who worked in a game store at the time, he was like, he was a manager there, so he's like, I've got to connect. I'm going to take one home. Let's let's give it a go. Let's see what it's all about. And we were like, fuck yeah, let's give this a go. They set it up, and we started playing Connect Adventures. I remember it was you and me. They went, like, our friends whose house we were at, they went to the supermarket to get stuff, like, to get drinks and things, and left us in their lounge room playing fucking Connect Adventures. And I remember us, like, jumping up and down and, like, things falling off shelves because we were, like, jumping to jump over the top of things and, like, leaning left, leaning right, and just screaming at each other and having, like, giggling uh while we were taking the photos as well and like oh the photos i forgot about those yeah like it was fun it wasn't something that i was gonna play forever and be like this is the way i'm gonna play games (laughs) i'm only gonna play games like this yeah i'm gonna play games with my connect like it wasn't it was never gonna be that and i think that's the difference between motion controls and vr vr seems like a viable way to play video games like to play like a a fully fledged video game, whereas Connect and I guess you know the the only exception to that rule would be the Wii because it kind of worked for the most part. The Wii mode had some good motion controls, mm. except um, for Skyward Sword, which I hated with motion controls. For yeah, the most part. No, fair enough, fair enough. Did, I I, mean, I didn't hate it that much, but like it, like I get it, like it wasn't great. But here's the oh. thing: here, like the sort of games I enjoyed with the with a Wiimote with a sh- with shooters like Metroid Prime 3 yeah and even the Metroid Prime trilogy when they when the first two got redone for Wii they were amazing it was essentially a mouse and keyboard really in a controller so like that's fine I, you know what I almost want VR to succeed just so Nintendo does a VR <laughs> system and then I get to be Samus hey Karen Karen how do you know they're not already <laughs> yes, baby <laughs> NX. Joel, Joel, you joke, but that was that was a rumor that started earlier this year. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm yeah. That's why I'm. That's why I'm bringing it up. Like it could very well be a thing. I don't think so. I think it's t- like the NX has probably been in development for a while. Yeah. To like to rush a VR headset, I think Nintendo knows that's not a good idea. Well, the, I mean, there's been a lot of fucking. There's been no talk about the the damn console in the first place. Like who knows. They could come out and go, here's the console. Also, in 12 months' time, we're having a VR headset for it. It's in the works. Here it is. What's, this is concept art for what it looks like. I mean, I could, like, I'm, I would say yes because I want to be Samus. Yeah, yeah. But I still don't see it happening. Not with the NX, at least. 
No, but we'll no. see. You know, if, if VR sticks around, I definitely think we'll, yeah. we'll get to that point. I think it's going to stick around in some way. It might not be for video games. Uh, no, but see, that's if, I think that's what exactly what I'm thinking as well. Like VR has so much potential beyond the interact, like the immediate mm-hmm. interactive medium. Well, you've only got to look. I think we reported about this a few weeks ago. Uh, like the, the Invitational this year for Dota, for Dota Two, you that, there was a VR option for that. You could watch the matches in VR, and you could zoom down into the actual map of the game, and sort of like see it from first person and be in the middle of the match and be like, "Oh, there's such and such over there playing. Oh, look at that play that they just did." Like, could you imagine that for like act, like for for real life sports having that, like that? Would yeah, be sweet. Yeah, like it'd be great. But imagine for like you know I cause I used to watch a lot of like you know the V eight supercars and stuff like that. Like imagine being able to like be in the car with the driver and like switch between drivers, like a spectator mode. You're like, oh cool, I'm sitting next to Craig Lowndes and he's driving. Oh this is awesome. Like oh he just overtook such and such. Oh that's really cool. Like that kind of thing I think is going to be a, a, a no brainer for VR. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So. You know, I think it also. I also want to bring up. What do you think about the mobile phone VR headsets that, so, in some ways, would be the ones that benefit the most from that sort of like integration? Well, as long as it's not a Gal- uh, Note Seven, it's going to blow up on your face. Um, <laughs> well, that's fine. Samsung's they're 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 out. Yeah. They're done. I was going to bring that up actually as a news topic, but I didn't know if it was. But yeah, that that that, that phone's dead in the water. It is a. It's been a disaster for Samsung giant clusterfuck for them to the point where it has its own gta mod now yeah i related back to games their gta released someone made a modern gta that replaced all the sticky mines with galaxy note 7s which is fucking hilarious it's pretty funny um but yeah i look those are from what i've heard from from people in the know about vr it sounds like that's not true vr if that makes any sense i guess um because VR still VR works with 3D technology as well, doesn't it? Or am I making this up? I I couldn't tell you, man. This is the thing I don't know. But I think there is some layer of like because because people talk about so much about how like they feel like they are in this world, and it like, it tricks their brain into thinking that they are actually in this world. Um, I don't know if you get the same experience with those sort of like 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 cardboard VR or whatever it is. Um. Google Cardboard or um, Gear VR. I think Gear VR is probably a, like a happy medium. Yeah. Because um, it seems like a proper headset. Um, I don't know. I still haven't tried that either. I have. There's a Samsung store up, up the road from me and I haven't... I walk past it and I'm like, I should go in there and try out the Gear VR. Um, I just <laughs> and you haven't never yet. do. And you I never, never do. do. I never do. I'm just being lazy. Um, you need to take more chances, Joel. Yeah. But I think, for again, relating back to like sort of more media consumption wise, I think it's going to be more like for watching movies or watching sports and things like that. Those mobile devices would be a great way. I mean, I mean, imagine going to like the football and you're up in the the high grandstand and you couldn't really see down really close to the field. And you're sitting there and it's like, oh, cool, you're there in the atmosphere and everything's great. But it's like, oh, I really wish I could see what was going on. You could just pop your VR headset on just quickly and go. Oh, like someone kicks a goal. Go, who was that? Pop the VR headset and go. Oh, cool! Such and such, and watch the replay back through that from a closer angle. I don't know. I, I think that's going to be the more viable option for those like mobile devices. 
Yeah, well, that's what I was, I was thinking. Like, just mobile VR sounds useful for that reason alone, and mm. and the fact that they've got none of those and uh, you know cables to worry about. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, but, obviously there'll be compromises in how well they perform, but yeah, exactly. Well, if it gets the job done. Exactly. If it gets the job done, and it's it, it, obviously you're not going to get the level of immersion you're going to get with like a fully fledged VR headset, but if it's just for like purely functional purposes, then yeah, that's totally viable. It's totally uh, a realistic option. Um, I'm excited. We're, we're living in the future, Kyron. I know we said it last week, but we are. We're living in the future. The future is now. Mm, yeah, it's it's exciting. I'll be more excited about it once I've actually played some. Can you imagine the podcast like the week after we play VR? It's either going to go two ways. It's going to go, we're going to come back and go, oh my God, VR, fucking, whoa, holy shit, it's amazing. Or we're just going to be like, eh. <laughs> what's the big deal? Well, we'll probably know in a couple of weeks after PAX. Yeah, after PAX. It's getting close. So close, man. It is. My badge turned up and I'm excited. Yes, mine's turned up. My wife's hasn't yet, but she ordered hers quite a few weeks after mine, so um, shouldn't be too far away, I don't think. Um. But yeah, you know, you know what, Joel? What? It's that time of the night. That time oh. of the night. It is that time. I think it's time <laughs> to wrap it up. Oh boy! But uh, oh, anyway, but thank you, Ashley, for sending in that question. It was great. Yes, thank you. It got us off on a tangent. It did. It was good. I liked it. I mean, it's kind of the hot button topic at the moment. It, it, it's, it's it's really frustrating that we that neither of us have experienced it yet that we can sort of talk about it in a little bit more in depth. But you know. We promise that it's going to happen. Like uh, I said, I want my VR experience like, with my first one to be cool, and I want it to be Resident Evil 7. You want it to be special, Karen. You want your want first to be, time to I be want, special. I want it to be special. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, I'm going to have a coughing fit now. <laughs> <coughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, you know what? That's it. I'm, I'm calling it now. Awesome. You, you've had your laugh. You've had your <laughs> coughing fit. Yeah, I'm going to go and die now. <laughs> Get better soon, man. Jeez. Oh, thank you. Uh, anyway, well, thank you for listening. If you've reached this part of the podcast, this is where we will... I'm shaking your hand, if you're listening. I'm, I'm motioning a handshake as, <laughs> as, as a way to congratulate you for reaching this point. That's for the VR users. That's the VR version <laughs> of the podcast, is you actually shake hands with Kyra in there. But it's just... It's an audio-only podcast, job. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Your, your humor makes no sense. Oh, God. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Well, we'll you'll hear us next week, I should say. <laughs> you just um, went on a tangent about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Look, tangents are all I can offer. Mm-hmm. It's all I got. Yep. Anyway, you wanna, if you want to keep hearing from us, want to hear what we're up to, see what, we'll see what we're doing, follow us over at Twitter, at Dialogue Options. You can like us on Facebook which is also Dialogue Options. If you've got questions for us, you can contact us at over either of those two spots, or you can even send us an email to dialogueoptions at gmail.com. But uh, until then, uh, I'm Karen Morrison. Follow me on Twitter at X or my good friend Joel. At Mac. And uh, we'll let our lovely theme song, Strike Witches Get Bitches, take us out, and we'll see you next week. See ya!